Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Gus, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Nate and Alvaro. Tonight, you'll be staying in Room 120, The Batman, a masterstroke of genius directed by Matt Reeves. So go ahead, get comfortable, and throw on that Do Not Disturb sign as we solve the many riddles of Gotham City with The Batman. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? What's going on, all you mass vigilantes? Thanks for checking back in the Grand Cinema Hotel. And we are here, the day of reckoning, the day that we've been waiting for for God knows how long, The Batman. Oh, my goodness. We, we've seen this movie twice now. Um, we went the Friday that it came out, and we just went again this Saturday morning. Um, and we're here, to, we're here to talk about it, man. I'm so excited. Um, I don't think we should hop right into it right away, but like, what were your? how did you guys feel about the hype? surrounding this movie uh hey guys gus here uh i tried my best to actually not get as involved as i normally would in the lead up to this movie i saw the first two trailers and i think there was a third i wanted to go in fresh because the batman is like a very special thing to me and obviously a a shit ton of people Mm -hmm. right um and kind of like what we talked about last week with like the other movies um I remember when like Batman Begins first came out. I I don't even know if I had seen a bunch of the trailers. So like I've gone into a lot of the Batman movies kind of fresh or not knowing that much. And when The Dark Knight came out, I remember I, it's not like I was really looking up movie trailers online or anything like that. So I love going into them and just uh, being ready to have like the movie wash over me. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it it lived up to the hype, and I think it lived up to the hype for me because I didn't let it get too out of control. Yeah. That's what I'll I say feel about that. that for now. What about you, Ro? I think right before the pause started, I said like it, it lived up to the hype and it gave some more. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been at least three years or whatever this movie got announced. I'm just super excited for it. Um, really like Robert Pattinson's other work that I've seen. I haven't, I haven't seen a couple of them, but he's definitely grown. I've grown fond of his work. And when he got announced, I just thought it was going to like, I, I guess because the way that they decided to pick him, I saw the direction the movie might go. And this movie satisfied that specifically that like a Batman that I haven't seen. And I think it's going to hold a special place for like a long time. Forever. Yeah, no, I, I think I feel I feel the same way as you guess. I definitely tried to stay away from everything and stay off social media surrounding the Batman and all that. But I mean, the hype was real, like whether or not you were into it or not. Like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on this movie, I felt like. Definitely. And I it it fucking knocked it out of the park, I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, but yeah, like just just, you know, starting any Batman, like it really is such a such a franchise that like you said like so many people do enjoy and love and hold hold close to their heart and i think that you know when it was announced the cast with paul dano and you know everybody robert pattinson zoe kravitz and then matt reeves like you know the hype was there so i i think ro made a good point about when pattinson was cast i think you automatically got a sense that this was going to be different than Mm -hmm. the rest of them um when you take into account like christian bell and ben affleck you know, like George Clooney and Val Kilmer yeah. and all of them, um, you kind of know what you're getting just by who is Batman, right? So, like, when it was Christian Bale and Ben Affleck, you knew you were going to have, like, 
the macho Chad Batman. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which exactly. Is, it's sick. I mean, all Batman is cool. Um, if George Clooney had committed to being Batman, it probably would have been a good movie. Probably. I don't think Val Kilmer is a horrible one. Um, and as we said last week, we loved Michael Keaton. Yeah, Batman yeah. As, as Classic. Well. But I knew we were getting just a whole new sense of direction once we saw the cast. And um, I'm a big fan of Matt Reeves' previous work that I've seen, like the two Planet, the last of the two Planet of the Apes movies. I think that's a, a phenomenal franchise, mm-hmm. probably one of the best franchises we've had in recent years. Um, and I was a, fl- a big fan of the original Cloverfield movie as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, I like so that one too. to see him being the director, I just knew that we were in good hands, Yeah, especially because of the Planet of the Apes movies, how he finished that trilogy. I thought it was very strong. Um, and yeah, Paul Dano as the Riddler. If you've seen There Will Be Blood, and if you've seen Prisoners, this is perfect casting mm-hmm. for this iteration of the Riddler. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a role that's been more elevated than it ever has in mm-hmm. the past. I mean, we've seen the Joker get his time yep. as like a prestige villain. We've seen Bane get his time as a prestige villain. But we've never seen the Joker really played like this. Um, if you watch like the animated series or read any of the comics, you know that the Joker... Or not the Joker, sorry. Riddler. The Riddler really is like a one of Batman's, like, top adversaries because of how smart he is. Um, But we just hadn't got that yet in live action. And it he really helps. I wouldn't say he steals the show because I I don't know what would in this movie. I think every part of this movie is doing its best. I I don't think there's any weak spots, honestly. But I thought Paul Dano is definitely one of my favorite things in the movie. I would agree. I had to pick just a few. Because I think, I think going like almost into the kind of the hype behind the movie with the announcement that the Riddler is potentially going to be the, you know, the villain in this movie, you know, um, it kind of set the tone for, because I know we had heard whispers like maybe this is going to be more of like a detective Batman movie. And I think with the Riddler kind of played into that, Robert Pattinson, and then you have the Nirvana song in the trailer. It's like, this is going to be different than a lot of the other Batman franchises. And it was. Yeah, it, so we've, if you spend any time online in the past week seeing people react to the movie because there's people who, you know, have already seen this a week before everybody else, they were bringing up homages to, like, Chinatown and Seven yeah. and Saw <laughs> yeah, and all exactly. of these other things. And, we, well, I don't know if they had said Saw, but for me personally, there were some things in this movie oh, 100%. where I was like, this reminds me of, of Saw or, like, Hostel or something like mm-hmm. that, right? 100%. Um, I think this movie is a love letter to the type of detective slash thriller. Well, that type of film is what yeah, I'm trying to like say. Yeah, like a noir almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, I think it's a a very respectable installment in that genre of helping to make it not just a fun drama or well not fun but you know what i mean yeah, how, I how genre is treated as opposed to just like straight drama it, yeah it really is like a the rain washes away the dirt on these streets that kind of movie <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like, yep. it's so good I, I, if you've seen the tweet it's like yeah beat it toots these streets ain't what they used to be <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean that is batman mm-hmm. and i feel like other than the animated series i was talking i was telling Ro this uh on the way to the movie today that I think the animated series and this movie are the best two iterations of Batman and, like, really getting into who Batman is. Like, the core of what is. Batman is? Yes. Mm-hmm. That we've been, like, we had Keaton, and that was, like, the closest to, like, fantasy. It's, like, campy, right? like, fun, like, yeah. But the Dark Knight, shy to, like, the Dark Knight and the Batman Begins, well, that trilogy, sorry, 
I felt like it always shied away from the fact that it was Batman. And there was just so many things in this movie where I was watching it and looking at it and just single frames that I'll remember. In fact, yes, this is like a comic or like, (laughs) this is like the animated series. Like this is what I want or Arkham, the video Mm -hmm. games. Like we all love those and we know how good those are. And I feel like Matt Reese took elements of every single piece of Batman and made this love letter. Yeah, no, it's perfect. There was, like, you were talking about some of the scenes, like, I know we sat next to each other row in the movies, and we just look at each other, we're just like, Jesus, like, oh my God, like, it's just <laughs> perfect, man. Oh, this movie is so much fun. I had heard um, Matt Reeves talk about um, just, like, the reason he picked up this project, and he's actually a really big fan of the Batman, and um, same thing with uh, Planet of the Apes, which is why he picked the movie up. And he says a big thing for him on projects is he only picks them if he can see himself doing it, like, out of passion. Like, he doesn't just pick something up because it pays the bills, you Everything's know? a passion project for him. Yeah. And um, I think he was mentioning the movie The French Connection a lot with this movie. And I, and I think... I, I went into listening to him, his, um, like, selection and lenses for this movie is a lot of anamorphic lenses, so lenses that not necessarily are, like, the sharpest. He said he really wanted to do that on purpose to, like, give this, like, certain, there's certain scenes that, like, something is in focus that, like, also it seems like Batman's looking at, but then, like, there'll be a crowd or something, and it's kind of blurred, mm-hmm. but it's, like, it's still reachable type of, like, feeling, too, and I think it, it really gives to, like, the mood of the of the, the film, and it really elevates it to what is a, an artistic look at what is the core of, of Batman, and um, there was, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, but there's another point I wanted to make. Well, I want to kind of bounce off of what you just said about the lens selection, and I also think that one of the directorial choices might have been that it kept this movie being PG-13 mm-hmm. because there's quite a Dude. few things in this film yeah. that are out of focus, and I truly mm, do believe it's true. for the rating. Yeah, like if I, if I was thinking as a filmmaker or as a producer, which, I mean, I'm not, but if I had that state of mind, it's like, okay, how do we keep this under the R rating so that... Because Batman is, is for everyone, and it's mm. especially for children, but... There was quite a few things in this movie this, where yeah. if you had really shown them, I don't think everyone would be allowed to go see no, this. No, I, I think this movie pushed it. I mean, <laughs> That's even, a good point. I know we'll get into it like when we get into spoilers later, but there's a lot of stuff that I felt really pushed push the ratings of this movie honestly like yeah there's a lot to it we had been joking about is this some is this movie okay for kids to see <laughs> i'm like honestly i don't know uh, man like, then we I don't started know. thinking about it we're like well is any batman okay for kids to see which is hilarious because it is for children yeah i mean that's the core demographic of any of these comic book characters but you know when you've grown up with them for this long it does start to feel like maybe we do need something a little more mature and i definitely think that that is something that other studios kind of shy away from mm-hmm. uh, is this idea of not growing with your audience. Looking at you, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I'm not trying to take a shot at them. No, I just I mean any franchise in general. I think movies are kind of scared to not be for everyone, which is like, it's on you as a adult, I guess, if you want to take your child to see this movie, which I think, yeah, it's, I mean, if your kid is thinking this is real or <laughs> that this is scary, you kind of need to, lay it out for them yeah. this is just a movie you know and it it really is fun but i think it does push towards that like that intense thriller even kind of on the fringes of horror 
yeah. type of fun that people have at the movies. And it's something we used to see a long time ago with like, this movie did give me slight Silence of the Lambs like yep. vibes. Some parts for sure. <laughs> some parts for sure. And some movies are just so intense on that like real shit level that that's where the fun comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie really leaned into that. Yeah, I did. It really leaned into it. I would say it's a hard PG-13. But I mean, yeah, like there's nothing in it that is like, oh my God, like, no, you know what oh, I mean? No, but like, you know, not. it's it's out there. It's not... You know, it's something you have to think about, I think. But, dude, this movie's <laughs> badass, dude. Yeah, and it's not scared to be badass either. Mm-hmm. Like, I think from the opening scene of where you first see Batman, you already get the idea of, okay, this is how this is going to be, mm-hmm. right? And we're not going to get into that too much right now. Um, we will do spoilers later on, and we'll let you guys know. We're going to have a whole segment about um, just spoilers because I don't think I can really talk about this movie at the way I want to without discussing like certain no, scenes. For sure. There's there, there's so many things I really do want to talk about, like specifically about this movie that oh, so How good. does well Ro, do you have anything else you really want to say about the movie before we like get in get into it? There's some things I want to talk about on a broad, like general mm-hmm. sense, but is there anything you feel like you haven't said yet that you'd like to about the just the overall like vibe of the movie or how you're and like the initial reaction without giving anything away. No, I think I'm good on that. I have more stuff on like the look and stuff, but I think I'll bring that up when we talk about like cinematography and stuff like that. Dude, can we let's talk about let's talk about who worked on this movie because mm-hmm. I yeah. think of all the movies that we have talked about, this is one of those ones where it's like we need some shout outs here yeah. and we yeah. need to definitely harp on some things. Um, so we already said it was directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, the cinematography is done by Greg Frazier, who I'm sure you've seen his work. He's one of the best working right now. Um, hold on, let me pull him up. I He's just want to confirm this. Yeah, yeah, that he was he did Dune and Rogue One. Vice. So yeah, yeah. he did Vice as well. Um, this guy just really has an eye. I mean, I know that sounds obvious to say, but what he's bringing to this movie is one of the most crucial and important things in the entire film. The look of this movie, <laughs> oh man, dude. dude! I don't feel like we've ever gotten this in any of the Batman iterations no. so far. It's so stylish, like yeah. everything was done, like every shot you could just feel was there on purpose. You like, know what? If you like, if you're a big fan of Batman Beyond, which I'm sure a lot of you out there are, I feel like some of the scenes in this movie and the way that they were shot is the closest we're going to get to a live-action Batman Beyond, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, that is something we'll get into later. I didn't really think about what I just said until I said it right now. <laughs> Holy <but> shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of those scenes, though, where I'm like, where have I seen this? And it's not... And I'm like, and it is Batman-related. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. And it just reminded me of Batman Beyond. And kind of Pattinson overall reminds me yeah. of yeah, Batman Beyond, does. to be honest. But, yeah, the way Greg Frazier uses the color red in this movie, which is, as like, as we know, Batman Beyond uses the red, mm-hmm. the red bat, um, it just has really stuck with me. And I don't think you can use red enough in movies. Like, it always adds... It always looks good. <laughs> <laughs> it always it looks adds good. this level of just intensity. I mean, red is a very intense, chaotic color, so... I think it works so well when you're doing like a dramatic thriller, mm-hmm. like what we have here. Um, Nate, you're a huge Malignant fan as well as yeah. I am, so yep. like the use of red, red is, is perfect. Yeah, yeah. no, it really <laughs> right? does. Like, like it's like, oh shit, like here we go, like dude, for real. Like, and if you've seen the trailer, you know how much red is in this. But oh man, like there's so many images that just stuck with me that I'm gonna remember for a very long time. And 
<laughs> it's that that all has to do with Greg Frazier and his vision for this movie. Um, I, I do ahead. think he's worth bringing up just because it's the same reason that Dune gets elevated last year. I think visually, like you can say, obviously it's due to the director, but him working with Denis Villeneuve and working with Matt Reeves on this movie and both of them being stylistically standing out from any comic book movie, I think is something that obviously it has something to do with him. And looking into that, I had found out that um, he did this with Dune and him and Matt Reeves actually did this more extensively for the Batman. So they shot the movie digitally and then they go and run it through film and then they rescan it again digitally to try to give it this. um, Matt Reeves wanted to give the Batman this texture kind of like when you're watching it, it stands out to you. It, it feels works. like you're yeah. immersive. It feels like you're there. But you And you notice that within the first, like, the first scene. Like, Ex- the, like the first few shots, you're like, oh, shit. And through, like, like use of, like, those anamorphic lenses, and he did bleach bypass, too, to try to just make it look like this 70s film, but still give it that clean cleanness of what, like, being shot now, like being able to put be put on IMAX, you know? And I think what you guys are saying, it just, that's... All those choices that you can make as a director and a cinematographer, like being conscious of the director, having that direction for it, is it, it elevates the movie that you're making to this whole completely different thing that hasn't been done with the Batman. And the thing is, this character's 80 years old, and Matt Reeves said that like he adores him very much, and he's a very big fan of the previous iterations of the movies. He says all of them. And he's like, what? When I signed up for it, it's like, okay, I, if I want, I'm going to do this my way, and if WB lets me, then I'm going to do it. And they let him. And he's like, this was the way that I felt that I could add to the iterations of Batman that hadn't been done yet. And I feel like this is why this film specifically stands out a lot to me and yeah and like greg fraser is just and there's obviously else we're going to talk about it after but another contributor of like is a big big reason why this movie gets pushed yeah uh one last thing i really wanted to say about the cinematography was that you can't talk about batman without talking about the shadows and the Mm -hmm. use of Mm -hmm. shadows in this movie is incredible is it's scary. I mean, to be yeah. frank, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like it, it, this is the kind of movie that would make you scared of the dark. You For know sure. what I mean? Where <laughs> it really the the way that they have uh, used lighting in this movie and the use of non lighting to like yeah. have these shadows. I just it's so stylized, right? And it's so it's so well done where you really are just like looking into it and you're like, am I seeing something? Am I not like it, it mm-hmm. just totally immerses you mm-hmm. into this movie all within like the first three minutes of it, you know? And I, I just have to bring that up. And I feel like the last time we saw shadows this good is when we were talking about Macbeth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have a new contender in the like the use of shadow the shadow game. Yes, <laughs> it's so hard to not talk about the scene specifically trying to not spoil it to add to your point here, but I'll try to just save it for um, get into it. Let's just give a shout out to the costume designing in this movie That's because I thought the look of the characters, yep. it looks very lived in and real. And like, this is actually a Gotham where people are like, what am I trying to say? I think that it's, it brings that, like what you've seen in the comics to life perfectly. And like it, does feel like a lived-in world Mm -hmm. where like the dark knight kind of didn't feel like that i would say like i think this movie has changed my view of the dark knight and the batman begins series as not as gritty or dark as people used to call it exactly yeah like it's like Mm -hmm. dude no that's very clean Clean. like the dark knight series might be the cleanest batman it's almost more like the matrix like you know what i mean like looking you know what Mm -hmm. i mean in this movie 
the way it was shot, the costume design, the set design, um, all of the production that we see, this movie is just so much more immersive into like Gotham overall. Yeah. Like I, I loved the way that it looked. Like I loved everything about this movie, but I think the thing it did the most was the the immersion. You know, that's what I, mean? I re- that's what I, I really to talk felt like about I was too. in it. <laughs> like because you really like this movie takes you through the city. Like you really do get a tour of Gotham, which I feel like you don't. Like you see so like some sides of it in other different movies, but like this, you get everything. Like you get, you get. You get churches, you get courthouses, you get the clubs, you get the club within the club, you get, you know, like, it. you're everywhere in Gotham. You're in the back alleys, you're on the rooftops, and it's just, like, I don't know, like, it becomes a lot more, like you said, like, personal than, I think, some of the other movies. Like, you really are traveling through Gotham with Batman. I also think that the the runtime, which has been a big topic of conversation... Mm -hmm. I think it helps this movie more than it hurts it. Like, I know some people have been saying that they think it's too long or that you could cut some things about it. But I think because of the nature of this movie, that it's like this detective noir type of movie, that being in it for three hours, it just adds to its case of yeah. like, you. I, I don't feel drained when I walk out of this movie. I feel like more alive than I was when I walked into it. No, because I will say that when we saw it the, for the first time last night, Friday night, I, I did say that I thought it was long. Like, I didn't think it was a bad thing, but it did feel long to me. And then rewatching it again today, I didn't have that feeling. And like I had that like in the in the back of my head, I wanted to see how I felt like about that again. And I really feel like every scene was important and every scene was needed in this movie and it was crucial to to the storyline. Which this story, I know we're gonna get into it, but this is, might be one of my favorite Batman stories of all <laughs> yeah. like it's so good. I think that due to that feeling that way too, though, is the way we watched it. The first like we watched it uh, last night. In Dolby, which is really good too, but and that joined and that like helped in the immersiveness. Obviously, audio audio wise, it's like in it. But today, watching it in IMAX, I feel like and we had really good seats right in the IMAX middle. Better. Yeah, IMAX and is, yeah, it just completely made you feel like you were there, you know. And and I think it. This is a movie that we're. I'm gonna really really enjoy once we have it and own it and can play it thirty times. But the fact that we I've seen it in the theaters this way is going to be like a, a memory that lives with me forever. Just because that, like that, this IMAX, the last way that we saw it right now, the way it was just visually and the noise was just like, it seems like it's just so much better and it's completely a film that's already very catered to being immersive. And then now you actually see it in an immersive way. And it's just, maybe that's why I think it's, it's so, yeah, maybe that's why I think it's so well done, but I don't know. That's it, the way he wanted to it watch. It was three hours, but it felt like two to me. Yeah, this shit flew today. Like it really I didn't did. feel that way at all watching this movie, that it was long or that it dragged. Like, I, from the first time I saw it yesterday, I was like, no, this is, this is fucking it. And, like, this is what I... This is what most comic book fans in general want, want out of yeah. these movies, yeah. is for them to be like this. Yeah. And this movie wasn't scared of, of giving it to you. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why WB decided to finally get the balls to do something right, but thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad yeah, they did. Yeah. Thank you. Like, well, I wouldn't say Warner Brothers overall, but the DC division of Warner Brothers. I'm I'm glad that they're doing these side projects that where they're just letting these creatives do their thing, like the like Joker and the Batman. Mm-hmm. Like we've been very lucky with those two movies to see them the way we did. Like getting those stories like that. That's like a childhood dream. Is like, what if they made a movie about the Joker? And like, yeah, they they did. Like, mm-hmm. It was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and in a way too, as like, I know all three of us really love the art of cinema. I think 
WB taking the chance and making a movie that's more auteur driven, that's so mainstream that like obviously gets people like this is the most packed we've ever been for a quote unquote AMC artisan film that we've walked oh, into. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just think that proves that WB being able wanting to take these chances with Dune, uh, Joker and like the Batman now that it, it makes people more open to seeing films that aren't just copy and paste like Marvel's um you know, formula. And in an era where Marvel, uh, Spider-Man, No Way from No Way Home is just breaking records, and they hold two of the top five movies of all time, it just speaks like volumes for WB to finally realize that maybe their area should be to try to make these movies that are more artistically driven, because obviously when they are well done or when they were done right, they're well done. I mean, yeah, dude. What when DC, the when the DC division of Warner Brothers gets it right. They really get it right, like yeah. the Batman, the Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy, uh, Joker, um, the first Wonder Woman movie. If they had, they, if they had yeah. let Zack Snyder do his version of Justice League originally, yeah. we'd be talking about how that good they, the Justice League was. Yep. So when they do decide to do things the right way, oh, and I love Aquaman. I'm going to bring that up anytime <laughs> I can. That I love Aquaman. <laughs> we talked but, about Black Adam. Does I mean I, it's it's new? I I don't have a reason to not watch it. Just try yeah, it out. I mean, if you're anti-rock, you're not going to get over that. But yeah. I think Black Adam looks cool. I think I think all of these movies that we saw the little preview for in the beginning look very cool. But it's just about the execution. Because like mm-hmm. even Suicide Squad was good. The new yeah, I liked it. I, did right? I had a lot of fun watching I, that movie. If if Warner Brothers and DC could just get out of their own way and do these movies yeah. the right way, it's like you're giving people the better thing <laughs> and you don't yeah, even realize it <laughs> but it does like that's a uh, that's a really good point because it just shows how um broad or of audience that like the dc fans are be like you could take something out like peacemaker this same year and then have the batman and you have people who are into that dark artistic driven stuff but then you could give us something that's more comedy driven and then sad like sadder like i'm i I'm, can't say the word right now sad satirizing yeah, like and like it, that's how many characters DC has at their disposal, and like when you give it to someone like that fits that mold for that character, I just think that's when it's well executed. And Matt Reeves is obviously a big fan, and I think that's why it's just this this movie just is for the fans. WB needs to keep doing this. You need to hire people who truly love yeah. these properties mm-hmm. and get actors who really love these roles. And you need to like run with it because this does work and it doesn't need to be just like Marvel. It doesn't need to be like anything else. They can be their own thing. If they want to do standoff movies and spinoffs that don't have anything to do with the main universe. Like I I don't care. Just give me these good movies like the suicide squad, like the Batman, like Joker, like wonder woman, Mm -hmm. because you know, they've stumbled more than like Marvel has or, well, I get I would there's no so. one really to compare it to besides Marvel. Star Wars is different, but they've stumbled. But when they get it right, they really do get it right. Mm-hmm. So if they could just figure out the formula, which should just be giving it to auteur driven directors who have a vision yeah. for the movie and then getting out of your own way, <laughs> they really have something special here. And they should be, I don't want to say they should be, but they have the capability of doing what, what Marvel movies do as well. But, 
elevating it even further. I think because also they have the original heroes. It's like what you guys said. Like they need they need to hand the ball off and get out of their own way, and yeah. and it hits like it really does. Like you know, and that's why I think that it's really cool. Like like what you guys were just talking about is you don't then you get these different movies. Like not every movie that they release after this the Batman needs to be like this. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. Like, like they need to be different, and I think that's where like we keep bringing up Marvel, but like you said, it's the only thing to compare it against. That's why everything just, I get so bored of that. It's the same movie over and over again. It's cookie cutter. But then you have stuff like this, like, yeah, get out of your own way and do different things. And it's I a think, lot of fun. I think that's the reason why I like the DC movies so much is because you can have the Batman and then you can have Aquaman and they're two completely totally different, different things yeah. where they shouldn't even interact with each other. And I think they both work because of the fact they're not trying to be like, okay, well, this Aquaman needs to be a little more dark and gritty to match this Batman. Exactly. Like, or, okay, well, this Batman isn't positive enough to be next to Superman. Like, I don't care like, look if at you the, don't do it. Like, I just want good character-driven stories. Exactly. And, and, like and they do that. You, like, look at the comics, and the comics aren't the same either. Like, they're totally different. Each comic has a different feel, so yeah. lean into that. You Gotham know what I mean? is different from Metropolis <laughs> yeah, for a reason. Exactly. I will say that does, I think that comes from what, before it's a kind of known as like the Pixar, like uh, circle, like where it's like a, a repeated formula of storytelling, and then Disney buying Marvel, because we talked about this before. But the only other movie that really stands out to me in terms of being obviously besides the Dark Knight, but that that like stands out to me in terms of being really good, it's also Logan, and Logan is a Marvel movie, mm. but it's not done by Disney. And yeah. I think, and it's like, and also the other one that to me it's not that special, but to some people it is is Deadpool. Also, again, not done by Disney, and, and again, just shows shows that like Disney's really trying to like push No Way Home to get it in like an Oscar yeah. nomination, right? Well, and that's not happening. And like <laughs> DC, like has like yeah, like even back when we talked about last week, Danny Elfman was getting them. And they don't beg. Be no. Like- <laughs> They get what's deserved. DC doesn't beg, and they get what they deserve and most like, of the time. And like Keith Ledger got his for the, you know, and like they all got nominations for those films. And mm-hmm. Marvel's trying to push. And I, I just think it, it's weird to me that in that, in terms of that, creatively speaking, Marvel hasn't been able to go on par with DC. And no. for whatever it's worth, that might be that's that might be better. Hey, Marvel might give you twenty five pretty good movies, but I would rather take the five. Yeah, really like good. bangers. Yeah, yeah, you know what like, I mean because. How many, how many of these movies do I really need in my life, you know, where it's like I've had so much fun watching all these Marvel movies, but none of them will stick with me ever the way that uh, the Batman does or like, well, just this Batman movie. Like, I'm going to go out and say this is my favorite Batman movie. Yeah, this is my favorite DC movie. I think um, it is too. I think it might be tied for Logan for my favorite comic book superhero mm-hmm. movie That's of fair. all of them. But this movie... Can, can we just get Let's into, get into it? Let's get into it. Yeah, okay, please. Good. Please. Okay, I'm so dying over here. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sweating. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> we had to even stop talking about the movie and talking about like all this other bullshit just so I could not spoil it. So mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen the movie, stop right here. Go see that. You, we're go giving you a recommendation in IMAX and a demand <laughs> yeah. that you need to go see this. Um, I know it's packed, but you got to make time whenever it's available for you and up, safe. Baby. Yeah, trust me. AMC has like thirty showings of this every day right now, so you can find one that has good seats still. Um, I would recommend IMAX or Dolby or something like yeah. that, but just, I don't care if you see this movie with a projector that has a hole in it on the side. <laughs> you just need to see it. this. <laughs> So uh, we'll catch you on the other side of the break, and we'll be ready for spoiler time. Yeah, let's get it. 
What's going on, all you dropheads? We're back with the spoilers. The moment that you've all been waiting for. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's get into it. Dude. <laughs> 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 movie. Okay. Andy, you start. The way this movie starts with the Riddler, it's like, so through cr- his goggles. With the breathing and... Like, oh. we're going full spoilers. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to break down every scene, no. but I'm going into detail because that's how much I love this shit. Dude, wow. Dude. Dude's goggles. Seeing breathing. the Riddler's, like, point of view was chilling it like was. this was the beginning of a horror movie it set the tone dude <laughs> it set the fucking tone dude early when the mayor is watching the tv and then it cuts to the riddlers standing right behind oh him my it looks gosh like no edit. i didn't even okay so the first time we saw it friday night i did not notice because like you get a shot from him like a little bit further in the back and then you get a close-up shot i didn't see him the first time and so when well, i watched it again time, did you notice that you can kind of see like a shadow behind him like over his shoulder the second time i did but the so first time i did he is notice, there but you get like, hard Oh notice God, but yeah this oh. is an amazing amazing intro for a character and i actually thought it was pretty scary it like, was on a on a horror level it you was. know what i mean like i think it really worked and it automatically put you into that mood of like okay this is the batman that we're dealing and with. it really it set the tone for who the riddler is because i know like in like you know the jim carrey version of it it's kind of like this goofy like you know aloof person but no like this man is He's going to get his hands dirty, and he's going to come in your house, and you know what I mean? Like, so that gave creepy. me Silence of the Lambs vibes, just from the oh, like from sure. the beginning. And then, obviously, the way that he gets into killing the dude. Yeah. Dude, like that, this is pretty... And the sound that he makes. I, the Riddler is what we were talking about in the first half of the show, where like using the anamorphic lenses may have been a choice to keep this movie yeah. PG-13, That's because yeah. this Riddler... Fucks people up. He does, dude. dude. He's ruthless. Yeah, he really He's is. Ruthless. Um, I do think that this flirted with an R rating more than any Batman movie maybe has. 100%. Um, Paul Dano is... I, I feel weird even saying it, but it's like he's electric in this movie. You he know, is. like, if you've seen There Will Be Blood and if you've seen Prisoners, like, that is the type of energy he's channeling. Just into full creep, dude. Full <laughs> <Yeah>. creep. <laughs> he took those two great performances of his and he melded them into one just weird fucking guy who's wanting to unmask the truth of Gotham City. And like many great villains, he does have a point. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> that's his, always important. His motives are not immoral. It, his motives are moral, but his actions are absolutely not. Gotham is just, in every iteration, it's just a core to what Gotham is, is that it's this place that can't be fixed. Mm-mm. And this is always going to be a losing battle It'll for Batman. It'll forever be yep. a corrupt cesspool. And that, I yeah. think that the Riddler, what he's trying to expose is just like how deep it really goes. But I feel like even this movie <laughs> is barely the, the beginning, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like Because yep. it's a planned trilogy. I feel like in the second one, it's going to get even worse. And Batman even says it by the end of this movie because there's some narration that he does, which I think works so, so well. Fucking I wish well. we'd gotten this before. <laughs> uh, yes. Ro made a joke. It's like the Paul Strader school of filmmaking. <laughs> like, lonely man writes his diary mm-hmm. and narrates it. And it just <laughs> fucking works, especially for an incel Batman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially for Most an incel emo, Batman. Most emo, edgy Batman I've ever seen in my you life. You know, I, I like that you guys are talking about the Riddler, a, dyna- a dynamic of this movie that I really enjoyed that really just reveals the depths of him as a villain. It's I think that he he like idolizes Batman and his inspiration comes from Batman and, and I think that's what makes it so so almost like in the same level of Heath Ledger's type of like villain like they need each other he's only created through Gotham and through what Batman is and is inspired through him and I, I just 
at the end, like watching when they they talk to each other through the glass, it's just so it's so satisfying because it's also to see him not get the what the Riddler wants. I just I love it because like what you said, like the Riddler sees Batman as his partner in this movie. Yeah, and you know what? I actually want to give Marvel credit for this. Is um, I forget which one it is. Maybe it's Civil War. But it's when Vision is talking to Iron Man about the ethics of being a superhero that once you become a symbol, you can't control the reaction of what happens mm-hmm. after. And that like in those movies, like when Iron Man appeared, it caused all these fucking weirdos to come out of the woodworks. And I feel like that's what we're getting with this Batman as right. well as like that type of found like Batman is the foundation for this new weird Gotham that did we have all these or well not we because we're <laughs> we're not gotham but are we not? did gotham have all Seriously. of these weirdos running around before the batman came around or was it just city corruption did he open the mean? door yeah yeah and it's like batman always opens the door for his rogues gallery to exist because paul dano has a line about they are so interested in unmasking you and that's not even the big picture yeah, they're it's missing like, the point yeah, yeah. He, batman is the real you and the riddler is the real me and like we Let's just get out of the way now. We have an introduction to the future Joker in this movie mm. played by Barry Keoghan. And right now we have like all these proto versions of these characters. Like Batman has been out for two years now. And who knows what weirdos he's inspired to yeah. just come out of the woodworks, you know? Right. And we're starting to see it with uh, the Riddler and we get a tease of the Joker. And I mean, the Penguin, I like, I, I, I'm kind of getting off uh, thought here, but... The I think the penguin is the only character where I don't really see him devolving into like a comic booky superhero type or supervillain type no, character. I think, I think it, he's going to stay more grounded. I think he'll anything. stay as more of like a mob crime head figure in this in this franchise. I I really like so Matt, Matt Reeves is saying that because this is like a WB franchise that he likes looking at a lot of WB's done a lot of the authentic old old school renowned mafia movies and so like what the WB used to do before really well is give these movies the ambiance of um that they had. And so he used a lot of that for this Batman. And that's what I get a lot from like Falcone and um, the Penguin. And the Penguin, this iteration of the Penguin is that exactly. Like Colin Farrell is able to pick that like with Gus said. I don't see him really devolving into a comic book character. He just seems more like a henchman boss type of character. And for this Batman, it just works. It works so well. It works so well. Because you, you get that separation of, like, what we're talking about between the freaks and the weirdos. Because, like, I mean, obviously we don't know because you don't get any crazy backstory of what's happened in the past two years since, you know, Pattinson's Batman has been a thing in Gotham. But it really seems like this this Riddler is the first one to kind of have this gigantic plan that fucks up the entire city. You know what I mean? And, like, this yeah. is, like, the first supervillain almost. That Gotham has probably seen, yeah, aside I, from regular crime, you know. So yeah, I think the Penguin is the symbol of like organized old crime. Mafia. Yeah, yeah, old crime, mm-hmm. and then the Batman is this bridge between the mob and these freaks Some that we fucked have up because, like new crime. Era of crime. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna flood the city of Gotham. <laughs> That's the most like supervillain shit. Yeah, you know it's what incredible. I, mean? I blew up the you know I blew up the reservoir. I poisoned the water supply. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just it's so classic. All Almost like, yeah, I'm going to flood the city. And then, oh, it's so good, dude, man. I don't know. Do you want to go through this movie? You just kind of want to bounce around to your I favorite just parts and highlights. I talk about my favorite parts. And one of them is Zoe Kravitz. <sighs> yeah. She, she, 
plays a really good Catwoman, and she plays like a, I like it because it is more of like a realistic, grounded Catwoman, and it works really well with Robert Pattinson's Batman in this. I think one of the things that works really well with her is that like the mask being such a simple mask, because we get little stuff like uh, Batman picks up her bills; they're overdue. So obviously she's poor, and then she even tells them stuff like "You must have grown up rich the way that you talk." And I think that even stunts to the amount of detail. Like her mask seems like something that you would make. Oh, let me go to Target real quick and make and like cut something up and just the way that she thinks um yeah i really enjoyed her i think she's a very strong character i think so and too. a good counterpart to batman for sure i mean it's important to have a good cat woman to have a good batman movie look what happens with anne hathaway yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> say what you will i guess yeah. right i mean i don't think she's awful no she's not terrible i just think that the dark knight rises was kind of a like, a, okay, let's just get this over with. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of how that felt as an end to a trilogy. It didn't feel as inspired as the first two, for sure. But, so. yeah, I mean, like, I liked the role that she played, and I liked the way that she played her Catwoman, and also all her other connection to, like, you know, Fal- like Car- Carmine Falco and everything like that. I thought it was really interesting. Definitely. I think she also ties into the, like, or she plays that middle ground of, like, the freaks and the, mm-hmm. the old mob lifestyle. Because, I mean... They don't really emphasize on if she's like the Catwoman who has superpowers or is like a very well. You guys saw Batman Returns recently. What's mm-hmm. kind of the origin story there? It's like she's brought back to life. She's murdered shit, right? and she comes back to life and she's kind of just fucking off and then she just <laughs> you know wants her revenge kind of thing. Yeah, I think because this movie isn't leaning into the f- like the fantasy aspect of comic books that they have to keep Catwoman grounded as just like a stealthy yeah. cat burglar type, a CD underground type. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, it works. <laughs> It works. Uh, yeah, I think the cast is phenomenal. I think so, too. I, I really liked every single, like, main player that we have in it, even down to, like, some of the cops. Martinez? Yeah. He's like, great. Like the, the character acting in this movie. Hey, like, Bruce everybody Wayne. Gets a, everybody gets a couple moments to shine. Like, Put your hands behind your back, you goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff is like, so the, uh, the police chief, I thought he had, a, he had his moments where he was putting Gordon in check. And, mm-hmm. like, I think that he, you know... Those few times that he's in the movie, he acted his ass off. He reminded he me of The Godfather. Is this the kind of guy who would be in The Godfather? Just, like, the way that he talked, I thought was funny. Like, it um, almost, you know what I mean? I thought it was funny. Yeah, and we have to talk about Gordon. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. My dude ate in this wow, movie. Wow, dude. Like, for real. I mean, he's an incredible actor. Like, I've been a big fan of his since I started watching Westworld, you know, a few years back. But he killed it. And, like, his mix of, he brings a lot of comedy to this movie. Um, and I also like his personal relationship with Batman in this series. Yeah. I'm extremely excited for because I feel like it's a little bit different than anything we've seen, especially recently. Like he really is like he rides with Batman. Like he shows up to what Batman does and they kind of take people on with just the two of them. And I love this ass. buddy cop vibe exactly. that Batman. There was like this had. anecdote that like the, 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 someone's favorite part about this movie was that it just seems like two guys messing around. He's like, it, he just calls him man all yeah, the time. Like the even know his he's name. Like, he's like, I don't even. I've known you for two years. I don't know your hey, name, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so yeah. funny. It works, but you know they're just they're down to ride because they want. They both want the same thing. They and want they're the only justice. two that trust each other in exactly. this corrupt world mm-hmm. of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And, and I like it that we get to see. Like I think we'll get to see his rise to power to become Commissioner Gordon too in this series, which gets me excited. You know, dude, so. the line delivery, like every line was delivered with passion. Mm-hmm. I think Jeffrey Wright. Gave the uh, all the scene stealing moments of this movie for sure. Like he brings, like you said, he brings a lot of humor to it because him and Batman are kind of this like buddy cop 
situation, yeah. like good cop, bad shit cop, <laughs> like the Penguin calls <laughs> the them. Said, yeah. uh, just some of the line deliveries, man. Like it will always stick with me. He's like, "That's why you're gonna punch me, me in the face." Mm. That whole scene yeah. is hilarious. Dude. It's so funny. And I think that this movie really does have like everything. It's super serious. It's super tense. It's got its thrilling moments. It's got its scary moments. It's got its good action, but it still has time to be. Kind of funny. Yeah. And I think that's, it just needs to... Comic book movies always have to have somewhat of humor in them just because you have to be aware of what you are making. Exactly. It gets a little too serious if, without the comedy. You know serious. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Matt Reeves said that there's certain um, things people expect from Batman films when they come out, right? Like uh, in every Batman film, there's certain things that have to be in it. And so he knew he had to do a car scene. And yeah. in that sense, yeah, in that sense, I want to bring up obviously... The amazing Batmobile in this film. Um, what I really liked about the intro to it is just the blue flame, very subtle. The engine roaring. You see, you see the the front of it get all hot and starts turning orange. Right. And, oh yeah, like God. this Batmobile is literally a monster from hell. Yeah, yeah, is it's how fucking I would incredible. It. And the it's sound. that American classic sound too. Oh my! Do you God. remember? This is a this is a deep take here. Do you remember the Jimmy Neutron movie, the Ride the Bat from Hell? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what, what I thought. That's what <laughs> I thought of the Batmobile <laughs> so in this movie. I see that, especially when it comes flying out dude, of the fire. Oh like, dude, God. yesterday when we saw this movie the first time, this uh, this girl and guy sitting next to me, I could hear them audibly like, <laughs> like, like having so much fun during this scene. And I just think this is one of the great car chases that we've had in many, many it's, years, for sure. This is, some, like, that's a car chase that I've been wanting for fucking ever. Like, it really, like, it was a long one, too. It was so good. I mean, and then, I, so, like, what you were talking about earlier, how you saw some things in this movie that reminded you of, like, the cartoons. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The scene, the part in this where you get, like, it's almost like a, it's like a back shot of the car, but it's kind of almost over the top, and you can see, like, him swerving through traffic a little bit. It reminded me of the cartoon. Like, it was just so yeah, good. Something that he chose to do to, again, give it to that 70s look of how um, action movies were shot back then is he had the camera either be on the Batmobile or on the Penguin's car. And so that's why a lot of the times it just feels like we're in the car with them. Again, Definitely. Um, you know how you were saying that he, the French Connection is a big inspiration for this mm -hmm. movie? Well, there's an amazing car chase in that movie mm -hmm. as well that was done in, like, it was done back in the day, like, no permits. They shot that shit in real traffic. Like, you know what I mean? Sick shit. And this movie feels like that. Like, yeah, like you're saying, you can't have a good Batman movie without having a good car chase. And, like, I thought the Dark Knight one was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one one-upped it yep. in every too. sense. Like, yeah. I think this movie, what it does is it respects the Dark Knight and also tries to, like, I'm going to try and one-up you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, yeah. For me personally, this is... My Batman, yeah. quote unquote. I'm like, a stand this by is this. what I wanted out of Batman this entire time. I thought I wanted the Dark Knight. Mm. I thought I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then the real one came for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I stand by I, this shit so hard. I actually can't believe we've gone this long because of the reason why this movie also feels like very true to my Batman type of statement is the score. Oh, is there just so like Michael Giacchino? Yeah, exactly. But the way that we use the score, even I wanted to bring it up because in the the this the car the car chase scene, it, it the way he's just the build up to that scene when it gets revealed and the the almost the penguin knowing that he's going to be in pursuit like and this is what's going to be chasing him, and just the whole way through the score and and another another part that really really stands out to me with the score is a scene that 
when you were talking about previous the use of shadows in this movie in the intro which is amazing in this movie <laughs> so in terms from starting from introducing paul like paul dano's riddler to introducing the batman yeah we can hear the batman before we see the batman like you said like his footsteps going up to the the mobster that he's gonna like introduce himself to before and there's just you join into like their fear of what what's in the shadows mm -hmm. and again it's like i know that's in the sound department as well in terms of how well the footsteps sound and just like that water that's coming through the because it's raining too mm -hmm. and it just those little intricate details are what really pushed this film that like you said you thought you got that with the dark knight until you get given this and then you find out like you said the dark knight's clean compared to this and and this just really for anybody who really likes yeah the paul schrader school of film like it just fits the narrative so well i'm happy that you brought up the intro again because like like that that intro with Batman is like really him setting the tone for who Batman is nowadays and like the role that he mm -hmm. plays in Gotham and that like he is vengeance and that he is like people fear him and you know what I mean? And like he is the shadows and it juxt he juxtaposes himself at the end because he realizes like I need to take on a different role for this He's city. A hero. <laughs> yeah, like I need to do something else and it's just like it's a great little character arc in this movie for Batman, you know what I mean? To to see him almost grow up a little bit and be like, there are some bigger things I'm gonna have to worry about now. Compared the overall to, arc of this movie for him is going from vigilante to hero. To hero, exactly. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, <laughs> so dude, the intro good. before we get off of that, like you were saying, the use of shadows and the score and everything like that. Um, I think that that scene, those specific things, really do just immerse you totally in the world of like now i'm scared of the dark mm -hmm. like i don't want you to go into the corner like batman has guys getting hit by cars because they're so scared <laughs> yeah, of going exactly. into the shadows that's you know what's what perfect mean? too yeah like that scene of the guy who robs the liquor store and then he's scared to run down the alley because he knows that the batman could the be shadows he's a signal yeah yeah oh. and the narration as well like batman that's why says too. That he's like, it's a big city. I can't be everywhere at once. And, like, I've learned that fear is a tool to mm -hmm. use. And, like, mm -hmm. I, he's like, I am the shadows. I am everywhere. And, like, as far as people know, they don't know where I am. So I could always be watching you. He's like the scary Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah, he's like the fucking <laughs> boogeyman for the criminals. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, that's where really that is. ties into what we're talking about. What we love so much about the animated series. Because there's a part where in the animated series that Bruce Wayne just goes off on telling him, like, I am the knight. Like I am the yeah. dark, the, the dark crusader. Like, and that you brought it up well. Like the fact that there's little scenes, and it's not overused, which is why I think it works so well. Where he's narrating as he's putting it into the it's journal. Only three times. Mm -hmm. He's a guy become a nocturnal animal, right? But that use of him overlaying that, and then that guy's robbing it, and he's so scared of just. I thought for a second, I kept looking at, is he there? Mm -hmm. And there's no one there. It, there's literally just a shadow. And then, like you said, up until this point, you're scared of him. And then you finally get revealed when um, the thugs come out. And there's something really important that I wanted to back up to what you said. It's like the full circle character arc of what I think really shows how well this movie is. He saves that guy from the subway. And he's like, don't hurt me. After he kill he moves all those like thugs off of him. But then towards the end, when we get the when this amazing scene when he puts the the red light on with the flare, yeah, and he lends his hand out, it's the first time that people are like, "Oh, he is a savior to us." And then it's topped off by at the end the lady that he carries off into the stretcher, yeah. grabbing him and be like, "I'm finally like I'm hope to these people. They know there's somebody out there that's looking for them." And I think 
the film does that in such a special way with you guys, like what you said, just like through the beginning, how it starts off with him dialoguing this into his journal and how the scene and how it shows that it's so fear inspired. And at the end is so much more hope inspired at the end. It does feel more like how the dark night caps off and like he takes the villainy because he knows that's what's good for Gotham. You know what you have me thinking right now by saying that is like this whole complete arc thing that we've been bringing up is that, Matt Reeves only took three hours, what took Christopher Nolan three, three movies, movies to do, which yeah. is that I'm not a vigilante. I'm not a criminal. I'm here to be a hero. <laughs> and like, it takes all the way to the very last moment of The Dark Knight Rises for them to realize that Batman was the hero that yeah, they fucking needed. fucking nuked himself. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. yeah. And in this movie, it's by the end of this movie, yeah. so I'm so excited to see where the future of this goes, especially since... Like, this was so edgy, this was so dark, this was so... Yeah, right? But now it gives the next movie the ability to be different. Change the tone, yeah. Definitely. Um, superhero movies kind of always... Well, you know, not all of them, but, like, specifically, like, Spider-Man and then, like, the, the Dark Knight trilogy. This idea of, like, the hero not being accepted, and it feels like now going forward in the next The Batman is that we're going to have a more accepted respected working with the cops batman like that he really is like the protector of gotham and i think that plays perfectly because at the next film it seemingly sets up like there's just going to be this crazy run for whoever's going to control gotham now so it's almost like batman is going to have to have that support of you know cops and whoever else to actually handle something like I that. i think the ending ro brought this up yesterday um he that you like one of the reasons you like this movie is because batman doesn't technically win even though he saves the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the shits are the, sh- the shits already been blown to smithereens. Yeah, like he didn't figure dead. it out. He didn't he figure didn't it out. Until so, yeah, he didn't stop anything yeah. from happening. Yeah, right. But he's um, he set himself up now for like his character arc being complete because it's always ending where you started, but with a different like perspective, exactly. right? And he says in his like last diary entry that uh, like things are worse now than they were in the beginning, but that now it's like. It's, it's going to get even worse, and then it can get better. So I'm really excited to see how the second one and the the Ender, like how they send this trilogy off of can Batman save Gotham? Is it unsavable? Like what are we going to get? Because I know it's going to be different, and I know it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm so I can't wait. <laughs> oh, Matt Reeves, um, you got me, man. I saw some people saying they thought the third act kind of dragged a bit, but I thought it was some, I thought it was some of the most pure – Batman comic-y Arkham Asylum yeah. stuff that we've gotten where you get to really see Batman in action. And I thought a lot of the scenes that we saw and the shots that we saw were just things I've seen straight out of the comic book. Like there's a scene where he's hanging from a wire, just climbing through the sky. And I'm like, that is so cartoony. That's so video gamey. And I'm so glad that we're finally getting it because I, I, I need that. <laughs> when, when he blows up the the dome on, you know, Gotham Square Garden, and then he repels, like, not repels, but falls down and just slams. Like, that's so That's good. it. Like, that's Arkham Asylum shit. Yeah, you know what dude. I mean? Like, I uh, mean, the, the warehouse scene that we've talked about that we love very much, mm-hmm. I feel like that was the first time we had really seen that kind of action. And now, mm, the warehouse scene is still maybe the best. But like like action wise, right? Yeah. But this one definitely is either second or tied for first, like with the action. I think. And I will say, like all the action in this movie hit. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like it really did. It's very visceral, and maybe it's just because because of the formats that we saw it in. Like you can feel the punches, dude. They you can that, feel that's the what kicks. I'm saying. He punches so hard. Like there's <laughs> no way, dude. Especially when he takes the uh, adrenaline. <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah dude. Shit. I really liked seeing that. I did. That was dude. cool, especially in the Arkham games. Like yeah. you, there's a couple times where you shoot yourself up. <laughs> you go, you go crazy. The reason I really enjoyed that was because in the iterations, like you said, that we. Various iterations that we've gotten and then that I've seen, there's a point where he becomes very old. And at that point, he juices himself up all the time. So I feel like it's really an almost like a nod to like, this is how it starts. You know, like, yes, he has to. We see the scars on his back. Like, he's starting to like, it's going to put a toll on him no matter how long. And it's been two years. So I almost gets to a point where this is probably the start of it where, yeah, he gets his ass kicked sometimes. And he needs an adrenaline to like, just get him back up. I mean, this Batman gets shot a lot. Yeah, I know. More Imagine than any other Batman, a double barrel like. shotgun on the chest like that. Oh Definitely, my god, dude! Um, I think it's because he's in year two is why mm-hmm. we see a Batman who's likely to get shot so often or get captured. Or I think there's maybe two or three moments in this movie where he's either knocked unconscious or down for the count. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's gonna have to figure out a way to get himself out of the situation and. Speaking of getting yourself out of the situations, one thing that I thought this movie really excelled on was the use of the like the gun. The, what did they call that? The grappling hook. The grappling yeah. gun. So good, dude. Right? Like it was that is very important to who Batman. It is. is. I think it's a very crucial tool. That that is almost an ode. Him being a Batman fan is an ode to because we watched eighty nine and we talked about it. Like when he goes, where does he get those cool gadgets? And it's yeah. one of those things like you have to include it into a Batman movie. It, you have to use the grappler in some way, like you said, the way that he runs down the building. In some way, he has yeah, to use cool. a gadget that you're like, of course he has. That. I love, I love the fact that in this world that he wears the contact lenses that record video. That and is he, the, he so just cool. watches. That is the coolest like, addition that I think that yeah. this movie has done gadget that wise. I'd never seen that before. In I thought this was taking taking things from the animated series, with, um, and by that I mean like part of the aesthetic. Is that in the animated series, it's probably set in the 90s because that's when it came out, mm-hmm. right? But it always had this, like, those noir qualities and this idea of, like, new technology, but, like, in an old world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of, like, something like Bioshock as well, yeah. right? Where it's, like, it's a modern day, but some of the stuff just looks so old. Like, the equipment that Batman and the police use, it does look like someone who's in year two of their of their journey, you yeah. know, like some of the stuff just looks like, well, it doesn't look like anything that actually exists. I mean, to our knowledge. Right. But it doesn't look brand new either. It mm. doesn't look like a billionaire is using this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his back cave is cool and everything, but it's not like some of the other back caves that we've seen in the past, you know, I like, have two points for the, both of those things. He said that, um, I'm like mixing both of them. Now the back cave thing is that threw me off. So like, did you see how it's like, a building as opposed to Wade Manor. Like an manor so yeah. it's like it's Wayne Enterprises, the building. And um, he got a lot of the idea from he like would look at like Rockefeller, like where Rockefeller would have lived. Right. So it's like this time where it's like a gothic building. And like you said, at what the time, like when gothic or with Rockefeller's making a lot of money was very futuristic at, to a point. But all of these rich guys had their own like private train stations mm-hmm. And so that's where kind of the idea of what the Batcave is came from. Because, like, if you kind of tell there's a scene where he pulls up with the bike and right up top it kind of says Wayne. like says Wayne Terminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was their own personal kind of – and he got that idea from a bunch of, again, those 70s movies where 
that's like the kind of like they and the, they do stuff like that like hidden uh, spots and then also from like Rockefeller. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it works, and I I like the idea of uh, the Batcave being in Gotham instead of being in Wayne Manor. So, like, Batman is always like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, ex- you know exactly. I, mean? I, I do like the idea of that he is, um, like, present in, in the, the city, city at yeah. any moment. He could show up. And, I, we, you know, this movie had me thinking, like, where does he, he – so he takes the bat suit with him, right? He has to have I it in his backpack. I think he's wearing it. Yeah. You, because yeah. I, at first, the first time when we were watching oh, it, I wasn't sure. Saying. But then the second time, like, I was looking at him, and he looks super fucking bulky with the sweatshirt on. I mean, this, this so is like, a Carhartt and Double Knee Dicky type You know what I mean? Batman, like, he literally so just pulls He may a, just be wearing baggy fit. He literally <laughs> just pulls a Superman and unzips. You know what I mean? That's like, a, yeah. That, I don't know. He and Matt Reeves had gotten the idea for the bat suit through obviously looking at the previous ones. The big thing that, obviously, uh, Nolan also had an issue with is the neck plate. Because, like, having it just makes it kind of hard to move with. And he knew that he wanted Batman to obviously have this martial arts slash street style type of fighting for this movie. And so they looked at a lot of present stuff like Atlanta police riot gear, but then also mixed stuff. Like, so they got, like, a lot of, like, what you were talking about, the set, like, the set designers and, like, the fashion, like, the outfit designers. Like, they worked really hard on making something that's, they know how special the cowl is, right? And, like, something that's perfectly mixed, like you said, that, like, looks like something a year two Batman would wear. And I think it's just funny that you guys say that because that's the intent, and it just shows how well he's, like, able to, as a team, they were able to execute that. Definitely. The costume designing and the set designing, and this is incredible. I mean, it, it, unless I'm wrong, this had to have been shot in New York, right? I would think. It, it is obviously New York, and it's not Chicago or Pittsburgh, like, the Dark Knight is. I, I know some so. of it is England, but I don't know what city, it, the, like, the city part of it is. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know, without actually knowing, that Gotham is supposed to be New York. Yeah, right? I mean, like, I mean, you have Gotham Square Garden. Like, yeah. 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 Like, it, it is what it is, but... I, just, I think... I think it works, and I do think that with the costume designing in this movie, this, like, low-key, gritty Batman, I feel like other Batman iterations really do, like, use that billionaire aspect of, Mm -hmm. like, okay, so this is the most high-tech suit, I wear the nicest clothes, I drive the nicest, like, in the Dark Knight, he's driving Ferraris, you know what I mean? And this one's driving fucking... I don't know what what kind of classic car was that? Did, is do either of you guys know? Okay, so he had like a classic Corvette, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because I, I looked at you because that's that's like the original Batmobile. Oh, is that car? Okay, is, so it's like the Adam West one or what? Um, I don't I don't remember which one it is, but I like before when I was a kid, I would look up which cars were the Batmobiles, and which one of the first ones was that <laughs> was was that that car is, mm-hmm. and they only know because of the way the shape of the side the side skirts are. But that car was like what ins- what they use ideally for the, the first Batmobile that they scraped up. So I, I thought it was cool that he was riding in that That's one. Cool. I think it just adds to the aesthetic that like new sc- that like it's present day, but it looks very old. You I know, just feel like this movie really captured that vibe perfectly. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I don't know. I don't remember if like in the other Batman series, but I thought it was interesting that he's driving himself. Like when he's Bruce Wayne, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Being a billionaire. Uh, well, and stuff. I mean, he does in the Dark Knight because there's that one scene where he um, purposely saves the Lambo. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, he crashes right. the Lambo. That's what I was like. Purpose. I couldn't remember, but I just it stood out to me, and I was like, interesting. Um, I was gonna say that that that's another really another aspect of this film that I really enjoyed was that we saw a lot of um, in between Bruce Wayne Batman. So he's like a, a motorcycle biker with like you know just 
shadowy eyes and he just has binoculars and he's talking to people or he still does a lot of what Batman would do but not dressed up as Batman and I think that like gives us some time to just really know that he almost never turned it off at this point in his stage the clock off to be Batman yeah that's a good point there's like no difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman exactly Bruce Wayne is taking a back seat in this iteration and and I think that comes from um Matt Reeves says that he likes taking these projects on and you said you really like Planet of the Apes it's because he likes humanizing the characters that he gets given through these comic books and he's like batman has all this stuff about him but ideally is he is a psychological like not experiment that's the wrong word but in terms of like what happened to him in terms of the story is like a it's really it would be detrimental to anybody to have to see that as a child and this movie i think does that very well because we see a struggling bruce wayne when he is without the cow and it almost seems like in the Riddler tells it to him like Batman in this, in this universe in time, he is more Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. He doesn't yeah. care about, he doesn't know how to help Gotham as Bruce Wayne, because that's why the mayor, Oh, I've been trying to call you. And they say you're a hard man to reach. And he doesn't really care. He's like, Oh, you're past all the Waynes have always been philanthropists and I can't get you. Like you haven't done anything. And in terms of, he doesn't feel that he could really bring anything as Bruce Wayne. So truly he feels that he is Batman most of the time. And I feel like this movie completely in ways that even if you don't know that idea, obviously it just shows it to you. And that, that him being that in between Batman, like, not dressed up as Batman, but never turning it off just seems like his only way of like, this is the only way I could bring honor to the Wayne name in the way that I think is suitable. Yeah. I think because of the, the story that we have with like the Waynes being just as corrupt as any other family. I like that. And that this Batman kind of rejecting being Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. is why we like, I think it all ties together. Like with the look of him, like how he doesn't really, I mean, obviously he's using his money, but it doesn't look like it. You know what I mean? Like, he's a very low-key Batman. Like, the the suit, the car, like... I mean, the Batmobile that we have in this movie is, like... I'm sure some guy in Ohio or something has a fucking crazy-ass car <laughs> that, looks that like he that. built in his garage just exactly. like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Where it's a more realistic Batman in that sense of, like, I'm not just going to use my billions or, like, in The Dark Knight, all this military-grade equipment that Wayne tech or whatever created you know what i mean he doesn't really dig into that and i think like like i said he's like a he's a car heart and double knee dicky type of batman who rides around in a motorcycle and wears eyeshadow and stuff like that that he has nothing to contribute as bruce wayne yeah the way that other batmans do like that's what i was yeah no it's just about being batman which i i think it works dude and yeah matt reeves the way he tries to humanize these characters who are characters like caesar in planet of the apes and like batman i think that's where he really succeeds yeah and he's kind of like guillermo del toro in that way where it's like i'm gonna take a character who's not human and make you feel for them even more than any human character you possibly could yeah and that's just one of the i think that's like just one of the things that he does best out of any directors that i agree working right now and i'm so glad that he's doing like these big budget blockbusters because these are the kind of blockbusters that we deserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damn right. We saw a lot of trailers today for these like big, huge movies. And I've told you guys before on the pod that that's the kind of stuff that made me love movies as a kid. And I think this is the type of movie, if you're younger, that it's going to make you fall in love with the art form of what is possible. And I, this is how you use the money. You know what I mean? Like 
the costume design, the set design, the actors, the writing, the lighting, just every single thing you can think of, it felt like I was seeing every last dollar being used in this movie. And I I think that's what people love. And that's why these types of blockbusters are the type of movies that people love the most. And it's because it's, it's movie making magic. You know what I mean? It's like, let's go. We're doing this balls to the walls and it pays off every time when you have a movie this big and this epic, I think. Hell yeah. And uh, Matt Reeves was actually saying that they asked him, do you see yourself ever like, Going back to because he's been he's obviously been in blockbusters for a while. Like his name is kind of blockbusters. Like ever since Cloverfield, all of his movies are pretty big. And he was saying that usually people he's been blessed that he's been given the chance to make these blockbusters. But he's like every film that I make is very personal to me. He's like the Planet of the Ape films are very personal to me. There's a lot of personal themes that I put into these movies, and the same is with the Batman. Like, and so I'm lucky enough. He's like to make blockbusters that are very personal and i think that's why my films work and if i'm lucky enough to be able to work in that that i get that happy like they they allow me to keep making these blockbusters that i feel that i put a lot of myself into then of course i'm going to keep making blockbusters He's like but yes of course i'd love to make more like smaller films later on but as of right now i feel very lucky to be known as a blockbuster director and one that i feel like i put a lot of yeah, my personality into these films that people might not know. And I think, like you said, it, it just, like, the, those Planet of the Eight films, even when they got rebooted, it was something that people thought were, like, why would you want to do that? And he really brought a different element to it. And I just think it just comes from straight passion. And, again, bouncing back to what you said, like, WB getting people that are just passionate about their characters. And the same thing with Denis Villeneuve with Dune is, like, it just shows and these things are, have been a, a, like around longer than like 30 years. So there's people who are now between the ages that we are and they're older than us that are renowned directors that have this source material. Yeah. I think it's the sweet time where you can have somebody who's been reading it for years and then have somebody like our age enjoy it because somebody can make it that like you can trust. And I think the characters that the, the WB has have that like dynamic. Definitely, dude. Um, since we've been talking about Matt Reeves and the Planet of the Apes movies, I do think we should bring up Alfred in this movie because it's mm-hmm. Andy Serkis. And, yeah. You know, Andy Serkis is one of Matt Reeves' uh, greatest contributors, especially being Caesar. Yeah. I think that... <laughs> oh, boy, can that guy act as a fucking monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Roe had an interesting point yesterday that he was telling me that he kind of thought that the Alfred character was underused, but that his opinion changed today in mm-hmm. the second viewing. Mm, interesting. I don't, I think, okay, so my opinion, I don't think I thought that he was necessarily underused. I think he's undervalued by Batman in this movie, and I think that's why it kind of works. And you, it's a very interesting relationship between Alfred and Batman in this movie because, I mean, throughout Batman, like, they obviously kind of push back on each other sometimes, but I don't ever think you've really seen them this disconnected as mm-hmm. you have in this movie, especially in the beginning before, you know, the bomb goes off and stuff. And I just, I think that's like a testament to like what we were talking about in the beginning of the movie where Batman is and how he is alone and he only is the shadows and he realizes like, no, like there's stuff out here that matters and I need to make a change for the better. And I think that starts with his rekindling of the relationship with Alfred when he's like in the hospital and he wakes up, like which he kind of made a funny point where Alfred wakes up and Bruce Wayne's like, 
Why'd you lie to me, bitch? Like, yeah, that <laughs> birth, can I get like, some water or something? <laughs> like, like, dude, bro, I just came out of, almost died. Like, yeah. But uh, I liked him in this. I thought he did a really good job. And I'm curious to see how hopefully his role will maybe expand in the next next couple films. I think it will expand. I do too. Um, I think that because of this being like an emo incel type of Batman yeah. that, of course... I mean, within five minutes, he gives the most hormonal teenage answer I've ever seen, which is like, you're not my you're father. You're not my Alfred. dad, Alfred. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and that's kind of who Bruce Wayne is at this yeah. at this time in his life. And like you said, I think the Alfred almost dying is what wakes him up and snaps him back into the reality of, I do have other people to live for besides myself. And he does say that he's not scared of dying, but that the fear of like losing someone that he does love is like is greater to him than dying. Which is probably why he pushes it away. Like, you know what I mean? But you can't do that. I think Selena Kyle also helps show him that he's not alone, that there's someone else out there who's kind of like him as well. So I think that dynamic between um, Selena and Alfred are what grounds Batman back into his reality of like, you know, Batman's the type of guy like I'll kill myself to do this. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like the fool cuts a damn like you know the electricity thing. But like. that he realizes in this movie that he does have other things to live for. Mm-hmm. So like his relationship with Selena and his relationship with Alfred, which he learns to cherish more. And I think it's it's important. And it kind of reminded me of uh, the original Spider-Man movies when Aunt May's in the hospital. Like mm-hmm. when it was happening, I was like, "This is the Aunt May moment." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No, it's true. Um, so I do think that Andy Serkis will be used more in the second one. Um, and we already got to see what type of Alfred this is because not every Alfred is the same. No, um, they, some they of them are, are underutilized. Some of them are integral to the story. Like the Batman 89 Alfred is a butler. Is an afterthought. Yeah, yes. he's a butler. Yes. He helps out sometimes. Uh, Michael Caine is the epitome of what Alfred yeah. is, mm-hmm. right? True. Um, and this, this, one, this new one with Andy Serkis is... We see that he trained Batman, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. The idea of Alfred being like, what was it like MI6, MI6. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That So Alfred has this particular set of skills, mm-hmm. right, that he passed on to Batman. And um, it makes me wonder more about Batman's past as well. Like, So I've, I'm wondering if the next movie is going to either dive into the, like f- go full on with the mystery that you're not going to get everything about this Batman. You're just going to have to leave it to your imagination or if they are going to show us lean into the background. A bit. Yeah. The background, which I'm hoping for the first thing. Um, I, I it's like, okay, sure. Alfred trained him good enough for me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I need really a whole lot of origin that. for Batman anymore. You know, no. like let's just continue on what we're doing. And I do want to say really fast that I, I feel like the Alfred in this movie almost feels more of like an older brother figure to Bruce Wayne than a father. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of the vibe that I got from it. So The point I had told Gus in the car was that every iteration we get of Batman up until now on the live action has been an older Bruce Wayne. So, of course, Alfred is down. And, 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 and he's down, though, too. Like, uh, like he's seen him go through it. This is, But this is, we're talking about year two Batman. This is still an experiment for Batman himself. He's still documenting what's happening because he doesn't even want to remember. He has to look back at the footage. But... There's nothing to imply to me that necessarily this Alfred agrees with him being Batman. He's putting off all of his Wayne. He's telling him, like, you're going to lose everything. He's like, I don't care. I don't care about that stuff. And then and I think that's what's really maybe at first I was always so hard to compare it to Michael Caine's iteration of it. But it's like, well, this is also a different Batman. And I think with finally what you said, the the Aunt May in the hospital scene like moment. 
And it's just their interaction to know that, like, yeah, he almost dies. Andy Serkis doesn't have anybody either. He only has Bruce Wayne. And it's it's just interesting, that dynamic that they have, that it's like, why would I ever lie to you? Like, he lives with that guilt, too, that, it, like, his parents were killed. And yeah. I just think what you said, the fact that he's kind of like an older brother here, I think it's... It, we saw the moment that solidifies that Alfred is down for him to be the Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. Now, even like in the beginning when Bruce Wayne kind of tells him to piss off and Alfred just, he grabs a cipher and starts trying mm-hmm. to help him out anyways. Like, Definitely. That was a point that I brought up too that I told him, I was like, at the end of the day, you do see that he cares about him yeah. because he blows him off, but he still tries to help him with the decipher and he does help him. And yeah, it, it, I, I, there's so many just little details to this movie that make it, the masterpiece that I think that it is. Damn right. What do you think? You guys ready to, to cut this? Yeah, I think I think I'm probably. I, I mean, could probably go I on. could probably keep going, but no. I, I'll probably start repeating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I just enjoyed this so much. I I still don't feel like I'm done um, taking this movie in. Like no. I need to see this again. I'm gonna watch this countless times. It's gonna be on HBO Max next month. So it's if exciting. you're someone who doesn't go to the theater anymore, I understand. Um, you are gonna have to wait a bit. But it will definitely be worth it. Hundred percent. I'm gonna watch this on HBO. I'm gonna buy the Steel Book in 4K when it comes out <laughs> because I need this. I love this. This is everything to me. Um, this is what movies can be. This is what movies should be. Not necessarily in tone. It doesn't have to. And not every movie has to be this dark and no, gritty. No. That's not what I want. But I'm just saying, like these types of films, and I mean like made by filmmakers who love the stuff that they're making. That's, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, is, is the thought and the care and, you know, the craft that was really put in this, into this movie by you know, everybody, the writers, the costume designers, the actors, the, you know, Matt Reeves himself, like, it really shows and it shines through, and it just, like, it honestly, like, it warms my heart that we get a movie like this, like, it, and it just gets me even more excited to see where this franchise, this series is going to go, you know? Batmania so, is back. It's back, and I'm I'm <laughs> on the bat train. <laughs> you guys want to give it a rating? Or, Ro, do you have one last thought before we give it a I rating? I had one, just one question that I wanted to give you guys. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that the little kid will play any role in being Robin? Huh. Um, I have not even thought about that. I did think about that, but if they are going to do that, it would be subverting the whole Robin history that we know from the comics and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think so, but mm-hmm. that is something I want to see going forward. Like, and it needs to be a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I did not think about that, but to me, like when I was watching that, that kid was just like a reflection of Bruce, which I mean, obviously Robin is kind of too, but no, I don't, know. Is, I don't it, know. is it a broom boy situation where he might not ever come back? Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And I, and I just think it's interesting because people have been talking about it and it, there does seem to be, I kind of sided with you. It just seems that this, when he looks at the kid, he remembers why he wants to be Batman and he wants to prevent what happened to this mm-hmm. kid. And he's just integral to how this story started. The kid too. That's, that's that was the first person we saw on yeah. screen is oh, that yeah, kid, yeah. you know? And, um, I guess just to tie it out, you guys were saying WB did a really good service knowing to this character, knowing what it has, knowing that the Batman is special to a lot of people you could do this bad and people will eat you up for doing it. Um, I feel this iteration is a very unique addition to an already huge collection of films that I love. Um, yeah, Matt Reeves obviously really, really loves the Batman and everybody who worked on it. And 
like you guys said, I'm really just glad that this got made and however long it you took. You know, Superman is supposed to be their golden boy, but it's Batman. It's, ba- it's Batman. And they at least have the decency to treat Batman the right way, even yeah. though they don't Superman. That's true. <laughs> but that's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> let's get to the ratings. I'm giving this five. It's five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Five. <laughs> I think it's a perfect film, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I have no complaints about I it. I mean, I hope this isn't my favorite movie of the year, not because I don't want it to be. It's just that I want there to be so many good mm. movies where it's like, oh, I can't decide. Um, but this is definitely up there already. So far of what I've seen this year, this is my favorite I, mean, I haven't seen a lot this year, exactly. so I'm not going to say that there's been a bunch of movies that are worse than this. But this is it, man. Like, this is... This, this is what movies are. This is why I get excited to go to the movies. Exactly. Yeah, it really is. So that concludes our spoiler talk side of the Batman 2022. Um, yeah, if you've wow. made it this far, like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure you're going to see this. So DM us your thoughts on the Grand Cinema Hotel on Instagram. And yeah, Bat fans. <laughs> go see this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. like, go, go, why are you listening to me? Go see this. <laughs> go make a mask. Go fight some crime and shit. Goddamn, dude. This slaps. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. See ya.